Welcome to Adulting on the Spectrum. I am Andrew Comero, an autistic certified financial planner. I co-run Adulting on the Spectrum with Eileen Lamb. Hey, Eileen. Hey, Andrew. Hey, everyone. I'm Eileen Lamb. I'm an autistic author and photographer from France. I have two children on the spectrum, and we are running this podcast because we want to highlight the stories of autistic people, adults on the spectrum uh, like you, not just the inspirational stories. And today, our guest is Bridget. Hi, Bridget. Hi. Bridget Sinclair Rinkowski. Yeah, I have multiple names. Multiple Mm -hmm. names. Yes. So I like that. Is a circus performer based in Portland, Maine. Her background as an international disability advocate shaped her circus practices. Um, And for years to promote free and low-cost circus programming around the state. She's trained with Cirque du Soleil Social Circuit Program. Um, she does lots of advocacy. She's the education chair of the Autism Society of Maine in 2018, received the Outstanding Commitment to the Autism Advocacy Award with the Autism Society of Maine for your work in the state. Um, you are a, they are a published author and a contributor in the award-winning book, What Every Autistic Girl Wishes Her Parents Knew published by the Autistic Women and Non-Binary Network and has recently been published Sincerely Your Autistic Child. Bridget is also Miss Mermaid Maine and in the finals for her title as Miss Mermaid USA. I do a lot. Like it's one of those things where like when people are like, what's your bio? And I'm like, okay, what what genre of bio? (laughs) Like... You know, we start our episodes by asking our guests how they like to identify like as an autistic person or person with autism. And we also ask our guests what their pronoun preference is. And I think with you, we touched on that in the bio. Uh, you go by the. Um, I use mixed pronouns. So uh, she, he, they, like pretty much anything's fair game with me. Um uh, and I identify as autistic, um, but in part that's because person with autism, like that's a lot of words, like <laughs> autistic is short, like it's like just a few letters. Um, and I'm snarky enough that I'd say like person with a cat, uh, like something else that would maybe not be appropriate in some certain circumstances. That's the best explanation I've ever heard for using autistic. (laughs) And are there any pronouns that you don't want to be called since you said you're pretty much okay with everything? Um, I don't think it is a pronoun. Like, like on those like lists of like, I I don't know, like grammatically speaking. I think that's what you call a child who hasn't been born yet. Or like, you know, below two years old, I refer to babies as it. I I don't know if that's a, a real... I don't know if it is a pronoun, but that's the only one that I'm just like, what? Like, I'll respond to pretty much anything, like, even if it's, I don't think it's directed at me, which, hey, that's part of being as socially awkward as I am. It's great. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit more about your autism journey or basically what's called your life? Uh, when were you diagnosed? Either what was it like? Um, and you have a brother who has higher support needs as well, if you want to talk about that as well. Sure. Uh, my journey, um, <laughs> the time long ago, 
the ancient gods were petty and cruel. Um, no, uh, my autism, like I grew up as a daughter of an artist. Um, and like, uh, my mom likes to tell the story of the fact that other parents were like, why can't our kid be like Bridget? Look, she lines up all her toys. Um, <laughs> like, oh, things we don't know are autistic. Um, yeah, I did get diagnosed until after my brother got diagnosed. Um, technically the first one who like was like, nose goes, it's her, uh, was Stephen Shore. Um, like years and years and years ago. Uh, Cause he saw me like playing with like lobster claws um, and like doing funny voices. And he's like, yeah, yeah, she, she's on the spectrum. Um, <laughs> but my family was part of a, a groundbreaking case in Maine, uh, boy on the playground case. Um, and so my mom was like being interviewed for like Fox News and all these places. So she ended up going to the Autism Society of America conference and taking me with her. Uh, so I got to meet like all of like the, the first gen people. Like my mom was part of like the Geo Cities and like the Yahoo groups, like the OG stuff. Um, and so I kind of grew up around that. I didn't get diagnosed until I was like 15 or 16. And the therapist I was seeing at the time gave me the label of PDD NOS because he said that he had never seen a woman on the spectrum. Uh, and I would not be the first one that he diagnosed. Uh, yeah. Like he was a tool. I know that face. Yeah. Uh, he used to be a mime before he was a therapist. So now I have like, like, I just don't like mimes. Like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, no, I don't like you. Does that have anything to do with your circus performing and stuff? Or is it just completely separate? Or is there like some like, you know, mime versus fire breather, like, you know, internal well, war I mean, going like, on? If, if it's versus fire breather, I feel like as a fire breather, I kind of win. Um, no, <laughs> like, I mean, growing up though, the most terrifying thing, like killer clowns from outer space. I remember seeing that movie when I was like six and like terrified of clowns, like, I mean, I have friends who are professional clowns, but like still it's a really, it's a creepy thing for me. Like I don't like masks where people like can kind of be like, look, I'm putting on something completely different and I can get away with anything. And it's like, mm, yeah, no, no, I'm going to go over in the corner and like not be near you. I know we're not talking about that type of mask, but how do you feel wearing a mask? Has this been difficult uh, during the pandemic or do you like it? Uh, Cause it's like hides. I know I kind of like it because I don't have to worry about the, my facial expressions. Cause that's something that confuses people so much. Uh, sometimes people think I'm mad when I'm happy and vice versa. So I kind of like it. How do you feel? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm very much team mask. Um, our state actually like today, um, just kind of was like, yo, free for all. Um, and I don't like it. Like I'm going to continue wearing masks. Um, I know a lot of people that have been affected by COVID. Um, I also like masks for the same reason you said, uh, I have pretty much given up on trying to control my face in public. Uh, and I'm terrified that like, if I'm in a situation where like I'm outdoors and like, not wearing a mask like someone's gonna say something that's really like bothersome and I'm gonna make a face and people are like 
what what's like you need to try to cover your expression and i'm like oh forgot my mouth is not covered also you can like like mouth things like when people are being like rude and stuff in public and you can like say it under your breath in a mask and no one really notices and also like some like stylish patterns um I have to do the like ones with the loop around your head because uh like my ears are too like that I have the hypermobility stuff so like putting stuff around my ears doesn't work like I'll if I have to like I put it around my ponytail I don't know if you saw that I had at the the pandemic last year, I was actually driving to work every day. I was essential. So I, I got the plague doctor mask um, from like, I don't know if you saw that on, on Facebook. I think I shared it too. Oh, yeah. It was a little, yeah, no, that, that was great. So I was told not to wear that in my office building though, which I did respect. So, although I did enjoy scaring people. I mean, um, I, I, enough in the steampunk and goth community that like a number of my friends already had one of those like plague doctor masks like way before pandemic times where they're just like hey for a costume contest it's june therefore it's pride month what can you tell us about your work with the intersection of lbgtq plus health issues and the autism health disparities, as well as addressing other healthcare priorities in the autism community? Yeah, um, so a couple years ago, uh, I was part of a group called ASSET, which is Autistic Adults and Other Stakeholders Engaged Together. Um, I had to write it down because like that's a mouthful, um, ASSET. But yeah, so uh, got a bunch of surveys out to people nationwide, trying to figure out, okay, let's have autistics driving the medical research. Like, what is it that we want to know more about? Um, and we've done uh, some other work too about like, um, here's how people should be compensated. Um, here's some guides for like healthcare professionals. Uh, and what I've been kind of working on is looking at um some of the barriers uh because we know that hey surprise surprise there's a large percentage of people on the autism spectrum who identify uh somewhere uh basically like non-cis like we're we're like ethereal fae all around and like just five million types of awesome uh and so looking at how can people get healthcare access? Uh, I mean, I have friends that uh, way back in the day, but not really in the early 2000s, it was hard for them to get gender affirming healthcare uh, because they were on the spectrum. So it's an issue that a lot of people face who autistics, we sometimes get infantilized by parents, professionals, doctors, and it's like, oh, they can't make a choice for themselves, or they don't, they're just confused. They're not really trans. And uh, I, I think it's something that really needs more attention, because just like how if someone is femme presenting, uh, their pain's not taken as seriously, which is why heart disease is the number one killer of women. Um, and why people are trained to recognize what is a heart attack symptom based on male presentation and male body presentation of it. Um, so just kind of doing some research, 
listening to surveys from people because there's other information that like we know as a community, but it's like, I always looked at those studies that people publish about like, study says that people feel good after eating chocolate. And I like, got a better one for you. My what? favorite one of all time is I remember this. <laughs> $1.3 million that there are rats in New York City subways. And I just went like, I would have told you that for $13, like $1.3 million to like have a, that there's rats in New York City subway systems. And for a buck 50 for a pizza slice, you can prove it with pizza. <laughs> like, like we got proof here, a buck 50. Um, yeah, no, like, and so it's one of those things where let's get our opinions what do we know like I, I talked a little bit like I have the I'm hyper bendy uh hyper extension I have EDS there is a huge overlap of EDS in the autism community we don't talk about that we don't talk about like what happens uh on the spectrum when you hit puberty uh or like post-menopause pre-menopause or if you're trans and you're taking hormones like what happens during second puberty um like there's just a lot of information out there that we don't really know about um and there's other stuff that we kind of know about because we all talk to each other on social media and stuff but like yo let's let's have organizations give us the money to actually do research on improving the quality of life and healthcare for autistic people now so just on the research topic for for a moment Something that I've noticed with research recently, it's a two-part question. So one is that something that I don't think anybody does a good, a good enough job speaking about is one of the reasons why research has to be done for something that seems so obvious to us. I still can understand the rats in New York City, but like, you know, but in general, it's because you can't get funding without research, Right. And so Medicaid, as obvious as it might be to everyone, right, is the vast majority of funding the government is. There needs to be research that seems silly and or redundant. And in a lot of ways, spending money on research is one of the best return on investments we can get for more spending on more services. Additionally, I've done some peer reviews and research grants, et cetera. And what I find is a lot of autism research is never meant to be read by people who are not researchers, just the terms that are used, you know, if they're, you know, researchers are using the term for the data, not the terms to be politically correct. And that's just all research. But I think there's so little research out there that we as a community are also just very hyper-focused and like to pick apart some of the parts of research that shouldn't be picked apart. Basically, do we attack research too much? Um, we attack a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just uh, focusing on research, but yeah. Just focusing on research. Um, yes, uh, I think we do because again, to your point of we need, and that's one of the things that um, the articles that I'm working on that the other people have been working on too, from um, like our little group is so that we have the background uh, so that we have the preliminary like 
survey self-reporting surveys do you have like some issues with them my background i was a failed bio major um like i was really interested in like wolf conservation and hierarchy uh and then i got told that i had to do like organic chemistry and so i'm like cool i'm gonna go be a psych major instead uh because i can do that in my sleep um so i understand like i read scientific journals for the fun of it i'm weird um but i do agree that like we need the plain language we need some of the basic research uh about like healthcare disparities uh about life expectancies domestic violence we need some of like the like building blocks like the fisher prize like my first autism research uh so that we can build some of this stuff up more and more so that maybe not in our lifetime but like in the future depending on like if the world doesn't explode um or like we kill the environment too much uh we can do some more of the specific in-depth research that our community is asking about and so that's why it's excited that we get a like our group driving what are the healthcare interests in the autistic sphere but yeah we pick apart everything way too much have you ever done any uh genetic testing for yourself are you part of any of the big research studies in the u.s like spark uh yeah actually um back in the day um my family was part of the human genome project um uh i don't even remember how we got into it but my like my voldemort um he worked in medical mm -hmm. advertising so it was probably like uh like some connection there uh but yeah like they took a lot of blood from us um but we're also part of spark um mm -hmm. and no kitty um and uh like I'm gonna eventually try one of those like ancestry, like human genome, like where you spit in a tube and they tell you yep. like how many people you're related to. But like I'm Irish, so like our our my family tree already is very large. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny. Um, so Spark. So can you tell us why you're okay with Spark? Isn't Spark all about eugenics and trying to eradicate us? Why do you participate in genomic research? Cite that was sarcasm, by the I way. I know. I know. Okay. Uh, cite your sources. <laughs> um, no. So uh, I think that, like, it's as I like was saying before, like there are some medical conditions that do affect the autism population higher than average, and these are medical conditions that really do impact our quality of life. Um, like I'm hypermobile. It's a degenerative disease. Like I was more active when I was younger. Like I got taken down by a 40 degree temperature difference yesterday and like my hip partially dislocated. I'm 32. Um, and I, I think that it's, if we can get some of the pieces, like it's not like we're going to be able to like, I don't believe that selective abortion will be an issue for autism anytime soon. Um, and I do think that there's enough of our peers that have GI issues, um, that have autoimmune issues, that if we can just have some type of glimpse 
Um, I think it's really important when I talk about advocacy work, I'm not just talking about me, I'm talking about other people who may be more involved with their autism that may have more health issues. And I'm saying that as someone who has like a lot of health issues and has to take a lot of like medications every day. Um, I, I think that like finding out a little bit more, like that's also the dorky science part of me. Like also as someone who loves horror movies, like I know that can go horribly wrong, but like, let's just stray away from the Jurassic Park, like cloning world right now. And like, like, I mean, <laughs> trust me, it's more likely that robots are gonna take over the place right now. Like look at the Skynet, AKA like Alexa and Siri, all that stuff. <laughs> I, I can relate to so much of what you said. Um, I fit so many of the comorbid conditions that are like, we know that autistic people are more likely to have them, but we don't really know why. I have a celiac disease, which is an autoimmune disease. Um, and I just learned, I haven't talked about it, that I'm going to need an uh, injection every two weeks for the rest of my life because of an uh, I'm immunocompromised. Um, is another thing that's been uh, linked to autism and i'm also bisexual so that's something i don't talk about a lot because first of all there is so much backlash backlash um you know it's seen as um just a phase or something you do for attention and because i'm married to a man it's like i'm not you know i'm not part of the lgbt lgbtq community as much like i don't deserve it or I don't know, bisexual get a lot of uh, yeah backlash Love. online. Um, yeah. And I, I get enough for being autistic <laughs> and having my own views and being pro-ABA and all of that. So there are a lot of things I don't talk about, but that are linked to autism, like you said. And I, I don't know why. I don't know if, I, I don't know, but I would love to look deeper into these things and find answers. So I'm all for research. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, even, um, again, I, I've talked about a fair amount um, uh, in different spheres, but uh, I'm just recovering from a hysterectomy uh, because I had really aggressive endometriosis, like, ever since I was, like, ever since I pretty much got my first period, um, like, I had to have surgery every three years to get rid of, like, the amount of scarring and, um in February, I ended up in the ER with like my IUD, like puncturing one wall. And like on the other side, I have burst cyst and I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Like just, just yank it, just yeep the womb. Um, and, uh, like there's a lot of reproductive health issues too, for, um, like womb having, autistics uh and like let's figure out some of this stuff uh and yeah celiac like i am gluten sensitive um i made too many jokes when i was younger about eating gluten that other people could not eat and then karma was like haha poke like good luck now you have to have like the four dollar macaroni and cheese from the store and you don't get any fun shapes anymore yeah, story of my life yeah yeah, and I and I've been keto for four or five years. I it was probably 
well for, you got to watch me at a conference like so i just like took the roast beef like off like three sandwiches or something and just ate that so they had a lot of bacon there too though like that was a plus side like there was a lot I, of bacon. ba- bacon's <laughs> always a good thing right so can't have too much of that okay we gotta go there you are um mermaid you are miss mermaid main and in the finals for the title of miss mermaid usa i mean i think that's so cool but at the same time like i don't really understand what that means so can you tell us more yeah so um like there's actually an international competition like miss mermaid international um And uh, I can't remember how I found out about it and stuff, but like um, another uh, person who has EDS uh, was posting that like, hey, look, I was Miss Mermaid, whatever state they were. And I'm like, hmm, let me apply. Uh, like, why not? And it's at least the USA version is very advocacy centered. Um, like they've made a point of like, hey, Uh, we care about people's cause, their platform. Uh, and that's what's really important. And so um, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And then they chose the top 25. And like, I was a nervous wreck the entire, I was nervous like when they were even announcing like what states what, because they were announcing them a couple days at a time and they were announcing Maine on my birthday. And I'm like, ah, this is nerve wracking. What's going on? Um, but yeah, I'm in the top 25. Um, Congrats. Uh, I, it's, I have a tail, um, like working on tops. Uh, like you get crown. I have a sash now. I'm a sash person. Um, but yeah, I think the world, like to avoid being too inspirationally, um, like, The world bites like the oh world- you can okay this is adulting on the spectrum Bolting. so i'm gonna ask you to go back <laughs> and you can't say bites we are going to bleep over that okay go again all right i i specifically asked andrew earlier today i'm like can i curse like uh because yeah. no like the world sucks like life can suck like the world the year that we've all just had together like no clusterfuck fire dumpster like oh my god like um and so let's have more magic in our lives like let's do things that's like yeah i'm 32 years old i want to be a mermaid like no one can tell me i can't be a mermaid um if you say that i can't too bad i got the sash um and yeah so like it's really fun too because as I have become like Miss Mermaid Maine and like I have bright shiny things and a tail and like it's all like pretty girl pageantry I've also turned into a 40 year old guy at the same time because I really enjoy magnet fishing and I have a metal detector um and so uh like there's a group like in Maine like in our town and stuff that like every week they go out and like toss a magnet out and like they had no idea like love them all they're so great but they had no idea what to make of me when i'm like i'm a mermaid i want to come help y'all out um they're like okay and i show up in like sparkly mermaid pants and like bejewels and stuff and uh i'm like oh yeah i'm also really strong so like we were pulling out like an actual like 
railroad track that's like nine feet long, like weighs a couple hundred pounds. And they're like, we need a couple guys to help. And I'm like, I'm standing right here. Uh, and like, just helped with like one other guy on the side and one from the bottom pulling it out. And they're like, oh, oh yeah. Um, and like the other week I got out three shopping carts and a bike. Um, and I learned the hard way not to wrap the rope around my arm. Um, but it was a cool bruise I got. Uh, but yeah, no, so like, sparkly awesomeness and also a four-year-old guy that's like look I got a 1200 pound magnet and a grappling hook um because I'm sorry what eight-year-old doesn't want a grappling hook it's awesome sounds awesome I never <laughs> thought I needed one until now so well yeah you. like yeah during like during the uh forced isolation even though I'm sorry I was hibernating before it was like state mandated um like I was looking at like magnet fishing on Reddit and stuff. Uh, and like people find guns all over the place in Europe. Uh, like- Or Texas for that matter. No, okay, sorry, we should- Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but like, I also live like in a beach area and stuff. Like, so it's like, oh, do you like metal detecting? Like I also live right against the woods. So like, I just go out and it starts out as magnet like, like detecting metal detecting but it really dissolves into me just sitting on the ground like with a shovel just digging up like dirt in random like holes and piles um because I am just a very large eight-year-old um who's like look I'm playing in the dirt um yeah I'm just a very large eight-year-old that has a credit card now so. <laughs> and my eight-year-old would love what you're describing so yeah that, that oh fits. I love I love it, the kids stuff. Like, I mean, I think part of who I am um, is like, you want to be like, I believe in paradoxes and like the Jeremy Baramy, like good place, time is nonlinear. And like, be the person that you needed when you were a kid. Cause like, maybe like through all the time shifting and stuff, maybe you are that person that like you needed when you were a kid. Um, and I think like that goes into like kind of my views on trauma and stuff of like, you can't change what happened to you, but you can heal from it. Like your current self can make your past self better. Are you comfortable telling us a bit more about your trauma and what Oh yeah. If there's like, a, there's like a wheel, like the wheel of trauma. Um, I would have like all of them. Um, yeah, like there was like a trauma bingo game, which would be like kind of a sad, scary bingo game, but like get bingo. Yeah. Like you pretty much name it, like any type of trauma. Like I mentioned Voldemort earlier, like I, uh, I live at a confidential address because, and I do not use this word lightly. My father is crazy. Um, and like not the fun type, but like the, um, like the popo know where you live type um and so in our state uh, a lot of women when you went to court and they were with their like ex-husbands or something the judge would say hey you need to say where your physical address is when you file court papers you have to put down where your physical address is it wasn't until like the third or fourth woman who in a courtroom said where they lived and got shot um, by the guy that like uh, the governor of Maine actually at the time called up my mom because like the divorce was a 
big deal. Um, it was like, hey, so here's this problem and here's this program. Um, and I've been in it ever since, but that's one of the things that I think is really important, like talking about domestic violence. Like I'm, I was a mandatory reporter. Like, I feel like once you like mandatory reporting is kind of like the mafia, like once you're in, you're always in, like you're always a mandatory reporter, I feel. Um, I don't know if that's their official like slogan. It shouldn't be. Um, but like, I take that stuff really seriously uh, because like for all the horrible stuff that happened to me, um, people didn't believe me. Uh, like my father, he looked nice, um, but like behind closed doors and stuff like uh, was violent and like verbally abusive. Like one of the biggest things that he always used to say, which carried so much weight when I was younger was like, why can't you just be normal? And like, now I can laugh about it and be like, ha ha, I'm Miss Mermaid Maine, sucker. Um, but like as a kid who doesn't know that they're queer, doesn't know they're autistic, doesn't know why they view the world differently. Like that was painful where it's like, I don't know, why can't I be normal? And then it's like, now I'm 32 and I see other people where like their idea of like normal means having a pizza on Friday night and maybe renting a red box. And like, I'm like, oh, that's not, no, I don't want to be normal. No, thanks. Um, but yeah, like, I think it, it, trauma is really difficult and stuff on the spectrum um, because autism is a communication disorder. So there's so much self-blame of like, did I do something wrong? Have I did I say something that warranted being treated this way and stuff? And especially because there's always those people that are like, there's two sides to every story. And like, um, I have so many people who say that, oh, well, like Bridget did this and like, she's a bad person. Like I've had like, <laughs> I have like campaigns of people against me and stuff. And it's like, cool story. Like, let's look at your actions and your behaviors. Like, let's look at mine. Um, and it's hard, uh, because you also like, I feel like autistics, we gaslight ourselves. I know that's like the word of the day is gaslighting where everyone has like the articles and stuff about it. Like, it's like, there's gotta be like five articles on Buzzfeed right now about gaslighting. Um, but it's a thing that autistic people do to themselves. And when you add in abusive situations where people isolate you, uh, where they make you question reality, uh, where they're like, no, you just misunderstood that, or I didn't say that, or you're being too sensitive. It's like, like those people are like, like evil shit lords. Like I hate them because as someone who like lived through all of that, like the point is I lived through it. Like I almost didn't multiple times, like, um, and I, I think that ties into like some of the mental health stuff, like, because when you're autistic, you're different. Like when you have depression, anxiety, like, I feel like being autistic is its own like experience. Like there's, I can't remember who said it. And I know they'll probably get on my case because I know I'm friends with them, but like the other world, like Martians are like, hey, look, I, other wrong planet syndrome, something like that. 
Do you know what I'm talking about, Andrew? It's one of the OG autistic. Things. Oh, like, yeah, like Wrong Planet. What is it? Uh, what's his name? Um, is it Alex? Oh, yeah, Alex. Shea. Is it? Plank. Not Skank. It's not Alex Skank. Um, but I know who you're talking about. Yes, it's him. So, mm-hmm. and he had the, bla- yeah, the blog and it's like living yes. on a different planet. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I know Alex. Um, that's why I'm like, I know, I know. It's one of my friends. Um, but it is, it's like, w- let's look at how we experience the world like both communication wise but also sensory wise like our sensory systems are completely all over the map and like trying to talk about normal it's like none of us experience the world in a normal way um which can be fun but also weird like I feel like it's um good in a way of like I mean I go to festivals and perform as a performer a lot like I don't do drugs um, because I've learned that people take drugs to experience how I view the world on a daily basis where they're like, there's glitter in the air. And I'm like, yeah, there is. Oh, you're on drugs. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking we've had this conversation before about how neither of us should do acid. No, right? like yes. I've, I've accidentally like been a trip sitter and stuff because I'm like sitting down talking with someone like about like the mysteries of the universe or like if snails have personality like all this stuff and then someone comes along and they're like thank you so much for finding them and like keeping them calm and I'm like we were just hanging out chatting I didn't realize that they were like on drugs on a lot of drugs well I'm glad you found your friend I'm gonna continue sitting here wondering if snails have personalities and looking at the glitter in the air <laughs> yeah I don't do drugs <laughs> Um, I, I love politics, um, and I think that's mostly because I like arguing. Um, but in all seriousness, you advocate with many state, you know, legislators. You're in Maine, probably like my second favorite state for politics because of ranked choice voting, right? You know, and the way you guys do the electoral college, you're amazing. Only after New Hampshire, right? Um, but in all seriousness, you've done a lot of work on the state, local, national, federal level. Um, Can you tell us about your experience, past and present, and advice to other people looking to enact real change on a, from a legislative point of view? Oh, yeah. Um, I think I've been a part of like a bunch of different grassroots efforts and like the Autism Society of America is one of the largest uh, and oldest grassroots organizations. Um, and there's lots of like both local and national chapters of it that help kind of um, like boil down, like here's some of the details of this upcoming, like the CARES Act, um, or here's something that's really important. Um, and I think uh, for local, like large change happens at a local level. And I know one of the big things that we've been pushing in our state too is um, getting in-home support workers paid more um, because we're having a shortage, um, but you're also being paid less than if you were working at Subway. And uh, having talked to like the politicians and stuff lately, bringing home the important messages like from our real life ours being autistic, disabled, um, chronic illness warriors, like 
showing, writing down, calling up uh, whatever medium works best for you, trying to contact your local representatives who, again, they work for us, um, but just being like, hey, here's my experience and this is why you should pass this bill. Um, like that's some of the perspectives that they don't get. Uh, like, again, they need to hear from people like us uh, so that they have like a way to be informed on the different issues. Uh, and yeah, I, I remember uh, talking to uh, Senator Angus King, um, like when I went to DC a couple of years ago, uh, and like he's coming out and this guy didn't recognize who the politician was. He's like, oh yeah, like um, like something about a book that Angus was writing. And Angus was like, oh, don't tweet that yet. And I'm like, yeah, man, hold your tweets. Uh, and apparently that was Senator Booker, uh, who was also running for the presidential nomination. Um, so I told a presidential nom to hold his tweets, man. Um, but the thing is politicians are just like us. Uh, I lived in Iowa in college uh, and it was a caucus state. So everyone came through, like I got to meet Obama a bunch. Um, like I, I was going in college in the time where like MTV was really like, get out of the vote. And like, um, I think it's important to inform yourself on the local and state issues um, because like, again, it, it can be fun to argue, uh, but it, it's also fun to actually get change happening sometimes too. And I know I don't see eye to eye with like all the representatives in charge. I mean, um, my uh, Democratic Party nominee uh, who did not get on the ballot, uh, Brie Kidman, um, like uh, Fox News was trying to make fun of them because uh, non-binary, they're like, oh, look, a queer mermaid is trying to run for the Democratic seat. And Brie was like, oh, Fox News just wrote my campaign, like, slogan. Yeah, queer mermaids for campaign seats, um, which was awesome. Uh, but, like, I personally don't want to run for an office. Like, I feel like I'd be limited in what I could say and do. I prefer to be a little bit more I don't even want to say radical, but like, you know, being able to curse in interviews. Like, I don't feel like you can do that too much if you're a politician. So, so it's, uh, curse right now with your favorite curse word. Oh, man. Didn't have that list prepared. Uh, a whole uh, list? Yeah, no. What's the, um, uh, what's his face? Played God in Dogma. Um, oh, God. George Carlin, like the seven words that you can't say. And then he yes. expanded them into like the 50 words you can't say. Yes. Yeah. Oh, George Carlin. Legend. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that answered your question at all. Not at all, but I still enjoyed it. So thank <laughs> you, right. which, which is probably about like, you know, the majority of my conversations that I enjoy. So I think that was a compliment. <laughs> it, it, it was. So, or. <laughs> You know. uh, how do you get past all the social media controversy and drama? Does it affect you? Do you see a lot of it? Um, there's so much 
on social media and just media in general. Like I've had a lot of friends that end up being highlighted. Um, Wall Street Journal, my friends have been on Netflix shows. Um, I was a finalist in running for uh, MTV, My True Life, I'm Autistic, uh, which one of my friends was actually on. Um, mine was gonna be, I'm taking my service cat to college. Um, I'm, I'm glad that like I got to spend my 20s in like anonymous oblivion, but not really like doing behind the scenes advocacy work. I think in my 30s now, like I can step more in the front, like do podcasts, do TV shows, interviews, all that stuff. Um, because I listen to the cardinal rule of never read the comment section. But yeah, social media, like I like Instagram. I try to get like people hooked on Instagram because it's like, yo, you can just like follow a bunch of zoos and then you open an app and look like here's Fiona the hippo. Uh, like you don't actually have to interact with people. Um, like my Instagram is filled with like mermaids and circus performers. It's great. Um, but yeah, like real people sometimes. Like I can't do Twitter. Like nope. Like I've seen way too many of my friends like, those who can harness the power of Twitter, like more power to them, but it moves too quickly for me. And I think something that's really valid that enough people don't do is respect the fact that it's okay to say like, excuse me, I am uninformed about a topic uh, or excuse me, I'm feeling worked up right now. I need to go away from my keyboard. Um, like that should be normal. Like it's one of those things where if it's real like face-to-face -face interaction, like if someone was like crying and like non-speaking, you wouldn't keep yelling at them. But like we do that online. Um, and like, it's also really, really classist and ableist. Like when people are like, you spelled a word wrong. Um, and it's like, so like, um, not everyone has the same educational background. Uh, yeah, social media can be good. It can be evil. Like I remind my friends who, I have a bunch of friends who don't use social media at all. And I'm like, that's valid. It's a tool if you don't want to use it, like, or it takes too much time, energy, whatever, like don't use it. It's fine. You're not missing like too, too much. Yeah. And I agree with you. Twitter is the worst. It's funny because my, I have a lot of followers on Instagram, but that's the social media platform where I experience the least um, bash like, how do you say? Bash like, mm -hmm. is that a word? Um, but Twitter, uh, I only have like 3000 followers, but every time I post something, I mean, it is, and it's negative, but not just negative. It's nasty. You know, yeah. Twitter is it's something else like I don't even know why I'm there and I keep trying with that social media because all I get is just like bad uh but bad, bad comments it's it's pretty intense um and I feel like each social media I mean you know Instagram TikTok there is a different vibe um for all of them and you just gotta find what fits your vibe and sounds like you found your vibe with Instagram and <laughs> the mermaids so that's cool I like that. Yeah. Like, I don't understand TikTok. Like, I feel like I don't, I, that's another platform. Like, no, I'm sorry. I am too old. I'm not going to learn this other one. Like the only thing okay, I, boomer. I understand that there's like a large disability <laughs> thing like going on there, which is awesome. Uh, like my friend is like 
makeup videos and stuff on there. Um, the the biggest videos I've seen from there, honestly, have been like my friend who's going through a divorce just posting like videos of shirtless guys dancing and stuff. So like I'm kind of skewed where I'm like, is that all that Twitter is? Is, is TikTok like Tumblr now where like we just moved like the porn from one platform to another? Like no, so TikTok is great. You gotta give it another try. I was the same as you. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm too old for that. And then everyone around me was just making fun of me once I got into it. Um, and now everyone is hooked. Once you start watching videos and the platform knows what you're interacting with, they're gonna start showing you what you like. And you're gonna be like, okay, this is great. See, yeah. I was just like the Skynet thing. Like we have much bigger fears like in the horror dystopian we currently live in. Um, like also I just learned how to use an air fryer, like which I have been avoiding for like months. So like maybe at the end of like the, the TikTok like craze, maybe I'll be like, yeah, now I'm on it. Stuff <laughs> like um eventually like I'm I'm like third wave of some of this stuff where it's like oh like maybe I should check out Harry Potter or like oh man like you there was should. some I yes I I know about but like oh Divergent that whole series I just got into it I'm like oh and like podcasts and stuff I'm so bummed a podcast that I loved ended but actually ended in 2017 but I just finished it um yeah, I'm behind the times, and I'm okay with that because I'm I'm me. I'm happy rewatching The Office for the five millionth time. So my turn for the quick fire questions. So just go with whatever comes off the top of your head, okay? Okay. Um, what is the best piece of advice you have ever been given? You can be the sweetest peach in the world, and someone's still gonna hate peaches. What do you like to do to relax? Uh, play with my cats because I Have taught them how to play fetch. Nice. What is your favorite food? Uh, sushi or mac and cheese. Love it. Miss mac and cheese. Um, what is your favorite film and or TV show or your favorite at the moment? I know you have quite a list. <sighs> Um, uh, probably the office eternally, um, just okay. it's like my comfort zone. I'll go with that. So what would you add, like to ask our next guest? You know, we, they're autistic and you know, they're agreeing to come on the podcast. So if you could be any mythical character or mythical creature, what would you be and why? Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you want to tell people where they can find you online, uh, now is a good time. Yeah. Uh, you can find me, uh, Bridget Sinclair, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, uh, or Bridget Rankowski, uh, on Facebook, uh, a road to me is my website, which I really need to update, but yeah, you can find me in the virtual sphere. Miss Mermaid Maine. <laughs> Maybe USA or Maybe USA. I mean, like, there's some like intense competition stuff for like the the national. I'm just my goal is to make it to top ten. Like, I'll be happy with that. Wait, how does it decide? Uh, there's a creative competition, uh, like photo shoot and stuff. Uh, there's underwater posing, uh, with one breath, 
and some of these uh, other people can hold their breath for like a couple minutes. Um, uh, how long you can swim uh, on one breath, um, and of course, evening gown. Wow, that yeah. sounds wow. awesome! I would totally watch that. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you again, and bye bye, everyone. Bye. Thank bye. you.